Welcome to the ATG Podcast. I'm Julie Davies, your host, and every week I will be sharing with you love, hope, and faith to bring comfort and healing to those who are suffering. In season one, we're going to be talking all about marriage, and in our Marriage Matters series, we will offer you connection, community, and comfort. We will teach you biblical principles of marriage, offer insights, wisdom, practical tools, and we'll also be interviewing some amazing guests that I'm so excited for you to hear from their powerful stories that will bring inspiration from their own marriages. So I pray that you would be blessed by this podcast and that it would draw you closer to Jesus. Last week on the ATG podcast, as we continue our Marriage Matters series, Gerard and Jeannie Long taught us about the unseen enemy of your marriage. And as they talked about that, they shared one of my favorite scriptures, John 10.10. That reminds us that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And they taught us about the ways that we can protect our marriage from um, the unseen enemy, from Satan's attacks, from the lies that come in. And um, I love that Gerard said that one of the ways that Satan tries to attack us the most is in our mind and in our thinking and try to distort our view of ourselves, of God, of our spouse, of our relationship. And um, they broke down the passage in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20 about the armor of God. And um, just to kind of review, they broke down just reminding us where uh, God's word says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And, um, and then uh, just reminding us that it's putting on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, um, the field of the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. And it's just a great reminder this week as we continue um, learning from Gerard and Jeannie um, that there's so much power in God's word that it's not Gerard and Jeannie's teaching, it's God's words teaching that they're just breaking it down for us and what that looks like. And so I'm so excited for this week as they continue um, teaching more biblical principles and foundations for marriage and ways to triumph in marriage. We're going to hear from Gerard and Jeannie Long as they talk about what is love. And we're going to do a couple different parts. We're going to start that on this episode, and we're going to continue in the next episode. And um, I'm excited that they're going to be talking not only about what love is, but understanding what love is not and the difference. And I cannot wait um, for all of you to hear um, from Gerard and Jeannie Long. One of those big questions that people have, what is love? And we're going to look at what the Bible says, how God describes love. And these are the things we should be modeling in our marriage. As a follower of Jesus Christ, our our goal is to be more Christ-like in our lives. And certainly in our marriage, we want to reveal more of Jesus Christ in our marriage. And so the question is, what does that look like? And we have to remember that we're we're living in a culture, in a world, which is opposed to God, uh, hates the idea of a a God-centered marriage. Mm. Uh, The value system is a long way from God. And we have to, in many cases, unlearn the things that we think love is. The Bible says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, mm-hmm. 
which is good and pleasing and perfect. So we're going to start looking and say, okay, what does the Bible say love is? In other words, what really is love? <laughs> Not what we've seen on, on television or on, in a movie. Exactly. Most, of the, most often that's just physical. No, the Bible says love is much more than that. And we find some very helpful scriptures in 1 Corinthians and, and chapter 13, starting at verse 4. And the first thing, interestingly, it says love is, it says love is patient. Love is patient. Yes. And that's a, that's a wonder, when you think what patience is, uh, it's a wonderful thing. Basically, patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Well, um, I can just say, um, love is patient. I love that it's first, and I've always pondered on that one. And I just think it's wonderful how we've lived through love is patient, how you have patiently, through suffering, loved me. Mm. Well, thank you, darling. Thank you. It's, it was that with those dark years. I remember I so, so wanted Jeannie to come through her grief and come through the darkness and you, you, can't, you can't speed up someone recovering from grief. They've got to come through it there in their own timing. Mm. And all you can do is to love, love them. I think um, the difference is when you start... Um, you, we can read the scriptures hundreds of times, love is patient, and you're like, oh yeah, we've got that, and then we are not patient, but living through it, through suffering, it just brings it to the depth of your heart. Yes. In such a real place. Yes. Patience is very close to faith, because patience says, actually, God is in control. I don't need to try and force things. I don't need to try and put pressure on. No. No, you can trust God. One of the things we've seen, I've seen so clearly, is actually the only thing you can really control is your own heart. You That's can't right. control other things. God's in control of those other things. That's he can right. change your circumstances in an instant, but actually he's looking for our hearts to tra- change, to be more like him. That's and when you think how patient God is with us, yeah. uh, we're, we're here to, to show what that patience looks like in practice. People can say, oh, now I know what patience is. I can see how they're living it in their marriage. That's right. So next time you start to feel impatient with your spouse, stop and consider God's in control. He's working things out to change you and to change your spouse, to change your situation. There's no need to get angry or no need to get into into conflict, but actually you can just trust God. The Bible says through faith and patience they enter into the promises. And so that's how God wants us to learn, to mirror his patience. So that's the first thing about love, is love is patient. Mm. The second thing is really, it's a, one, a beautiful one, and that is love is kind. And I love God's loving kindness to us, how he's, he does so many wonderful things to bless us. So many. Doesn't he? And we're, we're told in Scripture that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. In other words, it's ki- his kindness that causes us to change when we see his love coming to us. And in our, in our marriage, our Christian marriage, we should be considering, how can I show loving kindness to my spouse? What can I do to bless them? What are the things that really excite them and and, uh, bring a a joy into their life? There's a psychologist, Gary Chapman, and he came up with these five love languages, which I think are are lovely. Mm, Um, Long time ago. It was a long time ago, but Mm. they're like words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, 
acts of service and receiving gifts. And he felt that all of us have a preference in one or more of those things. And we need to learn what those, the love language is for our spouse. Again, in this whole area of loving kindness. If your spouse's love language is to receive um, quality time, well then make time for your spouse so, so that she can be blessed or he can be blessed. Mm. If it's um, words of affirmation, well make sure you're con- continually giving them encouragement and building them up and saying thank you and saying you've done a great job there. Mm. That's just loving kindness. You're finding out what helps your spouse and mm. doing those things. Mm, that's so lovely. Maybe you have different seasons. Yes. When maybe one is a bit more yes. stronger than the others. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's, what, it's a lovely thing. I don't thing. know that you can have one, can you? I think so, but I think they may change over time, possibly. Yeah, that's why I think. yeah and have maybe more than one as well. Yeah, but I think find what, out what the other one. Yeah. Knowing that, and you're living to please them. That's how Jesus did for the church. He laid his life down for the church, and, and we should lay our lives down for our wives as our husbands, and husbands and wives to love your husbands as well. And so it's, it's a sensitivity. It's a sensitivity to where your spouse is. Maybe they're tired, and maybe they just need to have a, a time out, and so you can make way for them to have a time out. Maybe you need to arrange for someone to come and do babysitting, take them out from it. Whatever, whatever, you're sensitive. I know you have that lovely thing about the, the romantic dance, don't you? In fact, we've got it on our, in our email, the, the, that dance. Yes, because we went to see Cinderella. Yes. Yes. And I didn't think you'd like it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, um, before we got married, I was um, a professional ballerina. So, um, spiritually speaking, um, anything to do with the dance of a man and a woman dancing together speaks to me so much um, of the partnership yes. that there is, which yes. is, is how it is in, in the Christian marriage. It's yes. a partnership. Yes. And it's a beautiful partnership because it's to reveal Christ in our relationship. Yeah, yeah. And it's an acceptance of, um, when you're in that respective position, it brings freedom to be the person of God he has made you to be, yeah. and to do the things um, he wants you to do. Yes. And um, it's such a lovely visual for me, yeah. spiritually. It, it's, it's, it's powerful, I think. Yeah. It's, it, it's interesting because the, one of the topics in business now uh, they talk about is emotional intelligence and that basically is being sensitive to how your behavior and the things you're doing the things you're saying are having an impact on other people and and likewise being sensitive to those people who you're working with how they are reacting what are their what are their strengths what are their weaknesses you're just you're just aware of other people being sensitive to them and you're wanting to do things that will bring the best out of them. And this, it's not very similar to how it should be in a marriage. We should be so sensitive to our spouse, uh, the things that really bless them, the things that they don't like, and, and living to please them and bring joy to them. I just think as you're speaking, then, that, you know, be intentional yes. to, to love our spouse yes. um, in that moment, yeah. every day, you know, yeah. that every moment. Yeah. And it, it, it does involve laying our life down. We have to put ourselves out. It's one of the things we learned, I think, in week four, is that uh, as, as we lay out, he, he who loses his life will gain it. It's the other way around to the world. The world says, no, give me, give me, give me. Jesus' way, the God's way, is to say, no, as you lay your life down, then you'll find your life. And that's the way that God wants us to do. I think the last thing we ought to just say in this is that 
If you find in your marriage you're the one who's doing all the laying down and your your, your, your I spouse, say. Well, yeah, your <laughs> spouse isn't doing anything. It's a partnership. It is a partnership. Yeah. And the dance doesn't work if the other one doesn't do their bit. Yes. Yes. Completely. Um, so it doesn't so it, work. It doesn't know. So if that's like if you're in a marriage like that, then I encourage you to go back to the throne of grace. We talked about that in week three, because you can't keep on giving out in your natural love. Your natural level will, will come to an end and your tank will run dry. How do you fill your tank up? You have to go to the throne of grace and say, God, I need, I need more of your love here because I'm doing it all on my end and my spouse isn't, react, isn't responding. Help me, God. And he will. He'll give you more love that you can keep on laying your life down with patience and with loving kindness. And, it, and it, um, in a dance, sometimes you whirl. <laughs> yeah. Some sort of a whirling situation. And I'm just thinking then... You know, when it's really working, you're both whirled into joy. Yes. To the joy of the Lord. Yeah. And it's just, it's easy then. Yes. Just, I mean, you do have to do it, but you're just whirling. Yeah. And um, I just think as well, before we got married once, you bought a lovely card for me. Yes. Um, that said, um, love is the greatest thing because it allows us to be our real selves. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, that's beautiful. It's lovely. And if you remember, what we wanted to do is to reveal God's glory here on earth, which mm. is the characteristics of God, the beauty of God, that the watching world might see how beautiful God is and how he loves them so much. And God wants it to be revealed in our marriages yes. by our loved one for another, that, that the world will know that we are his disciples mm -hmm. and we point to him. So what we have to remember this week as we go into this next session is that we're, we're living in a world system that is opposed to God and away from God. And very often we can bring into our marriage a value system that we lived for before, before we came to Christ. And it's not based on Scripture. We have to unlearn things. Uh, we have to understand that even though if we know biblical truths, sometimes we can get taken off the road. Jesus talked about the parable of the sower and how the worries and anxieties of life, the deceitfulness of wealth and desires for other things can choke or can blind us from the truth of what we're living for, right. and, and we can allow things in. And then, of course, Satanists were ever there trying to deceive us and trying to attack us from living God's way. So the, the items today, all the things, this uh, love is not these things. And the key to resisting these things coming into our lives is from a verse in Proverbs 4.23. It says, above everything else, keep your heart, because out of it flows the wellspring of life. And... I like to think it's our heart being like a garden. And yes, you I want, love that. I do, yeah. I, know, I love gardens. You're a great gardener. Well, thank you. So, <laughs> so uh, in a garden, you know, we need to, to plant good seeds. Uh, but if you're not careful, the weeds come in and they spoil the garden. And this is really what we're talking about here, is things that can come into our hearts, into the, our inner being, things, habits we start to develop, or that they're there already and we haven't been, haven't been dealt with. Mm -hmm. And that spoils God's love right. in our marriage. Yeah. And that's what's so lovely when we have two of us, is that we can share with one another and keep each other in check. Absolutely. And that's what we, with prayer is a, is a wonderful thing for that. Absolutely. Tell, say about the prayer. Okay. Yeah. Um, when we were engaged, <laughs> I feel awful saying this, but it, it, it's, it's... It happened. Um, Joe, I thought it would be a very good idea if we started practicing praying together, you know, as we, we were going to get married. 
And I, I wasn't really quite sure about it. it, it this is a long time ago, yes. bear with me. Um, and we, um, I think we had to sort of kneel together. Yes. Um, and I could, I'm sorry, I could not stop laughing. I know. Well, is it I your know, first time in public sort of praying out loud, isn't it? I know. Yeah. I feel awful saying it, actually. Yes. But anyway, um, what's so lovely is you're saying keeping each other in check. By the time we got married, breathing, um, praying together, almost like, like a conversation together. Yes. And I love um, how it says in Genesis that um, in the cool of the day, um, God walked with Adam and Eve. Yeah. And it really became so, so like that, so natural. Yes. And beautiful to me and so comforting. Yes. So I was very grateful. Yeah. Um, yes. So what we need to do is catch, there's a scripture that says, catch the little foxes uh, that they, before they ruin the vineyard. It's capturing these things that can come into our lives that are not love. And if we don't capture them, they're going to spoil our marriage. So let's have a look at these things. What are they? The first one is, it says that love is not jealous. And jealousy is an emotion that includes the feelings of fear, anger, and humiliation. And Satan will attack in so many ways, uh, trying to spoil our love by sowing lies into our minds to do with jealousy. And I think one of the keys to, to, to in this whole area is that we share between each other. If we've been troubled, Gene and I do this, if we're being troubled by an attack, it's a line of thinking that you just can't seem to throw off. You know it's not right, but you can't seem to throw it off. The way to deal with it is bring it into the light, Absolutely. share it with one another yeah. and saying, Look, I'm being troubled by this. Maybe it's something that I'm doing that's troubling Jeannie in some other way. It may be true or not true. Either way, she's been troubled by it. We share about it, pray about it, and then I can do something about it to stop her being attacked, help her not to be attacked anymore, especially in the area of jealousy. It goes in line with that great command of love. Love does no harm to its neighbour. Love is the greatest thing. It does no harm to its neighbour. If I, if I know there's something I'm doing that's causing Jeannie to be jealous or envious in some way, then I can do something about it if it's brought out into the light. Mm, it's a good point because I think... Um, I love that scripture about the little foxes that, that ruined the vineyard. Yes. And, you know, in our heart, those little things... Can if you don't share them, the enemy will make it bigger and bigger, and um, you should just catch that little fox. And, I, yes. and, and of course, um, we've been married 37 years now, and um, it it evolved. You, we've sort of evolved yes. in into that because we we've looked to God's word and, and yeah. seen how that you apply that in your in your marriage. Yes. So there were there were there are as a pastor's wife there were many situations where I would suddenly feel not very comfortable. Because yes. as we know, pastors are so wonderful and we should always love and pray for our pastors. They, are, they, they, they do such a wonderful work, um, don't they? Um, but the pastor's wife, sometimes, she, she can feel a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I would always share with Gerard and yeah. uh, he would listen and we would pray. And, and then I would just feel that weight was off. Then I just completely respected and trusted that Gerard would make the right decision in the particular. Because I never want to get between a pastor and what, what God was calling yeah. you to do. It's not that really. Yeah. It's that fine line. Yes. So the second thing that, that love is not, love is not boastful and love uh, is not proud. Those two, two things go together. Because if you're starting to boast, 
you're starting to think something beyond who you are. And pride is something to be guarded against because the Bible says that God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. And one of the, the best ways to deal with pride is a bigger vision of God. You, if you start to get proud, you start to thinking that it's something to do with you, whether it's your abilities or your skills or your resources, or all these things. All these things are gifts from God. God has allowed you to have those things, and at any one time, God could take them away from you. You really haven't got anything to be proud about other than to be proud about God, your knowledge of God. So that's where we can check each other, because no one wants to have pride come into their lives. We don't want to start being being boastful about things, thinking that we're more than who we are. Rather, we should be humble. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So we can check each other. If, if I start to get a bit proud about something, start to bragging about things, I don't want that. Jeannie doesn't want that. And so we should check each other to make sure that pride and exactly. um, boasting doesn't come in yes. and that we stay humble. It's very important. And I think one of the keys for that is thanksgiving and gratitude because in that place, you're acknowledging that all that you have is from God. It's not, it's not from, we haven't done it, it's, he's done it. Whether it's a gifting or, or an ability, God's given it to us by his grace. So we're thankful for that. Mm-hmm. The third area is, is love is not rude. Now this is a, a classic fox that can get into a marriage because these are things that can happen in a marriage over time. Says familiarity breeds contempt, and it's a sort of thing where you start taking one another for granted. The case I I think of, I used to be working late sometimes in the city when I was in in London, and it's a sort of thing where okay, I've arranged with Jean, I'll be home for dinner at six thirty, and she's prepared dinner for that because used to work at home, didn't used to be at home much of the time through our marriage, and I can't get home until seven fifteen, but I don't bother to call her to let her know. That's just rude to do things like that. There's things where we can take things each other for granted. and that, You did call me. I, do, I tried to, yeah, but I, I'm using it as an example. If I hadn't called yeah. you, that would, have, that would not be kind. No. So there's so many things that we, we can uh, take each other for granted. And I always think when, we, you know, when people are courting, they're going out, they wouldn't do, dream of doing that because they're, they're so in love and they're sensitive to each other's feelings. Yes. So we don't want to become unsensitive. We want to be thinking about the other person all the time That's and right. not being rude to each other. Yes. Not interrupting, for example, when they're speaking. That, that, all these things are just small in themselves, That's but together right. it creates in the marriage a sense of disrespect, this demeaning, isn't it? Yeah. And, and it, it spoils the love. Yes. Well, um, husbands are called to love their wives and wives are called to respect their husbands. And that has been very um, important to me in our marriage, um, even to the point that um, we, when Gerald would come in after a busy day, uh, I would, it would be so important to be respectful, to go and greet him and say, how was your day? And just give him a big hug and a big kiss. And um, just, just that's one of many, many yeah. things. But that's just something yes. that I... It was very special. Yes, just one of many, many things. But, yeah. you know, not, not to take any, as you said, not, not to take us each other for granted. Yes, yes. And the last thing this week is that love does not demand its own way. And really, that's, that's such a contrast to the world because the world system is all so self-centered. It's all what I can get out of it. How am I being cared for? How are my, my needs being met? Self, 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 self. 
And God's way is not self at all. God's way is all, God, what do you want? And that's where we come back to our foundational truths for marriage. It's not about me. It's, Lord, how I can please you in loving my spouse. So it's, it's opposite to the world. It's God-centered, not self-centered. And uh, I love looking how Jesus lived his life. How he just completely lived to please his Father. So um, the best way we can do that is, is being so close to one another and be willing, especially for husbands. You mentioned about the wives respecting, but the husbands are called to lay their lives down for their wives. That's so, what I said. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a scholar on this, yeah. but it seems that's quite a calling. Yes. To, um, you know, as our marriages are yeah. such a wonderful example of God um, loving the church. Yes. When we get on to conflict uh, resolution, we'll look at this a bit more, but it's, it's talking about husbands taking a, taking a lead in bringing reconciliation right. into the relationship. It means laying your life down. So, so we looked at some, uh, these four things this week. Love is not these things. And these are the little foxes that we have to watch out for, to be careful that they don't come into our marriage, to yeah. spoil the love, and mean, which means we don't live at the level that God wants to, to, us to live at That's in our right. marriage, where we have a beautiful marriage full of love and laughter and uh, wonderful intimacy. So thank you for joining us again. God bless you. Thank you. I love hearing... Um, from Gerard and Jeannie Long, especially uh, as they broke down 1 Corinthians 13, which is such an important passage in the Bible. It's one many of you have heard over and over at weddings, but it's easy to um, hear it, but forget how to put it into practice daily, especially um, as time goes on. It's easier, like they said, in the in the honeymoon stages or even in dating or courtship. And when you're just so in love, it's 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 much easier to for love to be patient and kind. Um, but as time goes on, it's easy to forget um, that these commandments from God and, and just God in his kindness reminding us what is biblical love and what love doesn't look like. And I love that they broke that down. You know, again, reminding us love is patient and kind. It's not jealous. It's not boastful or proud. Love is not rude. It does not demand its own way. And I know for me, uh, in my, in my marriage that there are many days where, you know, you get, you get tired, you get irritable, you're focused on yourself or the things you're doing. And it's easy for, um, just to come out of our mouth words that might be unkind or might be rude. And I know I have messed up many, many times over the years in um, my marriage to Mark. And I know, especially in the seasons when we were struggling, um, I definitely was not um, living and walking in that truth of what love is. But here's the thing that is good, that is important, that there is grace and there is mercy and we are to humble ourselves. That's what, you know, that passage that they reminded us that, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble in James 4, 6. So it's not about perfection. Nobody loves perfectly except for Jesus, but humbling ourselves um, and not being too prideful to admit when we're wrong, to say, hey, I'm so sorry. That was so unloving. That was not um, that was not kind, um, and to apologize and ask forgiveness. And I will say, you know, Mark and I, yeah, sometimes we can say things that might, um, again, sound 
uh, rude or me more focused on ourselves, but I'm thankful that we can come back. And it's important for both people, not just one, but both people to be continuing to work on ways of how can I love this other person better and to really know and learn and study your spouse. Like I've been married uh, we're about to celebrate our uh, 16th wedding anniversary, and we've been together 17 years. And I'm still getting to know and learn about who Mark is and how he feels loved and how I can respect him as you know, husbands to love your wives and wives to respect your husbands and what that looks like. And that might look differently for every person. But I love how they brought up the book uh, Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Um, that's a book I read, oh, so long ago. And it's actually, they have different books for um, that are very helpful that have come out um, for the five love languages. And, you know, it's good and important if you don't know that book or you don't know your uh, way of how you feel loved and how your spouse does it. It's, it's good to know. I, um, For example, Mark, his, his main top ones are... Um, quality time and physical touch. Uh, and then for me, it's acts of service and words of affirmation. Those are my top two. And so it's good. So again, sometimes it's we, we try to love the person the way that we want to be loved, but that doesn't do it for them. Again, I love giving gifts. I love to show people love by giving gifts, but I don't necessarily need to receive a gift like, um, like a box of chocolate or flowers. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great gift, but that I would rather mark like, you know, clean the kitchen or clean the house. And that act of service is where I feel um, most loved. Like that would be a great gift to me. So again, it's, it's personalized. It's individual. It's just asking each other, uh, praying into that, learning about each other daily and just being committed to that and wanting to honor each person, like Gerard and Jeannie said, just wanting to um, be considerate of the other person and reminding us of the the example that Jesus set for us to remind us uh, that he, in 1 John 3, 16, it says, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the for the brothers. And so again, Jesus not only laid down his life for us, but he, he commands us and he asks us and he teaches us to lay down our lives for another person. And that's where we're reminded that love looks different from what the world says love is. Love is not about what we can get in our own happiness or own um, selfishness, but love is about sacrifice. It's self-sacrificial. It's about giving. It's about, um, uh, receiving God's love and filled up with God's love so that we can pour out that love onto others and especially uh, in our relationships and with our um, spouses. And so uh, again, just be encouraged and reminded of it's, it's through our relationship with Jesus. It's not in our own power and strength, but by his spirit. And so the more that we stay connected to God, the more that we're going to be able to love our spouse this way. We really can't do it perfectly on our own. And even with God's help, we're going to mess up and make mistakes, but he's right there just to continue to lead us and guide us in all wisdom and bring us back to that place of, um, of showing us what love is. So I'm excited that we're going to continue talking about what love is in part two um, in our next episode. So make sure to check that out and you can go back and listen to our other episodes. And just remember that we have a new 24-7 uh, prayer line that you can um, check out 
as well. That will be in the notes. Uh, but again, we um, thanks for listening and can't wait for you to listen next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the ATG podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. And remember, you can always find more helpful resources at our website, awakeningtogod.org. We'd also love to invite you to our Marriage Matters Zoom group, which goes even deeper, offering more connection, community, and comfort. You can email me for more details and the link to the group at julie at awakeningtogod.org. And as always, I am so grateful for you listening to this podcast, and I hope you have a blessed day.